BBC Good Food Show Summer is back at the NEC. It's been a busy, busy day, which is why I'm delighted in the cool surroundings of our studio in Hall 19 to catch up with the brilliant Paul Ainsworth, all the way up from Cornwall. Smile on your face. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm really, really good, thank you. Yeah, um, what, a, what a brilliant day. I've absolutely loved it. The, uh, the demos were fantastic. The crowd were in a really good mood and up for it. And yeah, the atmosphere is fantastic. And I mean, also as well, bearing in mind it's the Thursday show. So, you know, if it's like this now, I mean, you know, goodness knows what it's going to be like at the weekend. Maybe 27 degrees outside has got something to put yeah. into people in a good mood. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. So no, it's been, a, it's been a fantastic start to the day. Yeah. It's like rock and roll in that big kitchen, isn't yeah. it? With all those people yeah. and the music and the camera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. And you have been cooking Whole Baked Place, which you brought up from yeah. Cornwall. Um, sparkling wine, shellfish, beurre blanc and seashore vegetables. That could be yeah. seashore vegetables. Yeah. That's a tongue twister. That is a tongue twister. Just yeah. talk, talk me through that because it's, it, it's, there's a, a decent amount of ingredients. Yeah. Good quality ingredients. Yeah, absolutely. But relatively simple to do. Yeah, it really. And I think the audience were really surprised so the first first thing i wanted to give to the audience was like fish cooking can sometimes be a bit daunting mm. especially when you're doing a fillet of fish and you know you might be doing a, a party and you're putting it all in the pan and people i think know that it, it, there's a very small window with overcooking fish and when it's overcooked it has very much like a cotton wool almost like texture mm. So by taking a nice large fish, now this this is you know done beautifully with fish like brill, turbot, John Dory works really well, Dover soles, but it also works brilliantly with inexpensive fish, and you get a lot of yieldage for your money with like place, mm. lemon soles, and when you cook it on the bone like that, it's just it. There's no fuss. Because the oven's doing the work for you. The oven's sat at around 160 fan. And you just let the the lemon, the thyme, all of the natural juices that are in the fish because it's on the bone. Yeah. So the fish is baking in the oven. And then the sauce is basically, a beurre blanc is simply shallots. We're using sparkling wine from Cornwall, so the Camel Valley. Uh, and then we've got some seaweed through there, some samphire. Some beautiful Cornish seafood, so cockles, clams, St. Austell Bay mussels, poor Philly oysters. And then we just finish it all with a bit of lemon and some chervil and some chives. That's it. Um, place is lovely, isn't it? Because when you yeah. peel, but it's the, the two yeah. different sides of the skin. Yeah. People who yeah. are familiar with it will know. Yeah. They've got that dappled bit. And, yeah. and then when you peel that skin back, it's so creamy and lovely. Oh, it's it? amazing. And, and the dish was, I, I served the whole thing, you know, like we left the head on, the tail. We, we just trimmed the, with scissors the, the two skirts around the side, trimmed off the tail. And then just put that in the middle of the table. And then that sauce, because it's packed with the vegetables and the seafood, yeah. you just sauce the whole fish. And all you need, all you need on the side of that is some new potatoes. Jersey Royals are out, aren't they? Absolutely. I, I, I use Cornish new. Cornish new. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, those, those potatoes are yeah. beautiful as well. <laughs> there are other <laughs> potatoes are available. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, now, uh, number six yeah. uh, in Padstow, Michelin yeah. starred, yeah. really well established. And, and I was looking before and the, the empire uh, has grown. Yeah. But interesting times, I think we, we chatted at Christmas yeah. about how the industry has, has managed to sort of find a new level for itself yeah you know people one of the biggest questions you get asked when you've got multiple businesses what's next what's the next business and you know me me and emma and and the team um of 
you know, created something from nothing and it's been built on people. And that's the key word there, you know, like I, I'm a big believer, you know, you you help people, you build people, you give people opportunities, then the people then build the businesses, build the empire. And right now, you know, like hospitality, you know, it doesn't have, you know, a huge influx of people coming into it. And I think that's about to go full circle because I think people are really seeing that, like, it is an amazing career. The standards and working practices have changed beyond any recognition, and so they should. And there's a lot of money to be earned in hospitality. Mm. There's, you know, it's never been a better time mm. to come into hospitality. And I think that you see a lot of young people now really struggle to get on the property ladder. Yeah. And, you know, just within the Ainsworth collection, we've got six, six individual people buying a house, you know, in Cornwall. And that's a really, really good thing. And, and you know, I was chatting to a, sort of an older gentleman at the Grosvenor Hotel in London who's been there. He's been working at the Grosvenor since the 70s. But he said to me, Back then, in those days, he, he took a career in hospitality because it was a great way of buying a house and, you know, giving security. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's never been a better time. But that also then you've got to be clever in that you don't overexpand because, you, it's you know, for me, it's always about the quality. It's got to be the quality of what we're doing and that starts with the people yeah well so what's the route in for young people into to hospitality i mean a lot of them might be considering catering college yeah, or, yeah. or whatever it might be is there a direct route definitely in as well? absolutely you know do your research go and do what we call in the you know in hospitality a stage and what that means is and also as well that's changed when i did a stage i worked i worked all day for for nothing mm. you know but and you're grafting whereas now stagiaires are paid or at least they should be, and that's a good clue. If you're not being paid for a stage, then that tells you a bit about that place. Um, and then once you've, like, like you do with anything, create a shortlist, almost do your own tender, tendering out process. And then once you can say, do you know what, I felt really comfortable there. I like the people. I could see myself working there. I could see myself doing a good amount of time there. And that will tell you a lot about you know where it is you want to go and and there is no harm at all you know i like to support the catering colleges and but also as well if you want to go direct route in then that is the best way to do it send an email ring up don't don't contact the restaurant or the head chef or the manager through instagram you know just i feel that's you know it's a little bit impersonal do it do the right way send a little covering letter about yourself and send it direct to the restaurant, the cafe, the hotel, the bar, wherever it is you're, you know, seeking, you know, or thinking you'd like a career. Yeah, good, good advice. Um, interesting times we live in in terms of cost of living. Yeah. Um, and clearly you you operate and have for many years at a, at a very high level yeah. within the industry. Um, and you watch costs. Yeah. You have to because yeah. you're, you're a business. The average person at home is really keeping an eye on their food bills. Yeah. What advice would you give them, Paul, in terms of getting good value out of the food they've got or using what they can afford? Yeah, I think the for me, uh, like, I've never, I've never sort of understood. Sometimes, like, like I find like tinned food can get like you know a bad, you know, like a bad rap, and I've like, I've never really understood that because I grew up with that, and you know, like. 
on the stage earlier, you know, like, you know, I remember my, my dad would always make a cracking like corned beef and potato pie. And, you know, and it simply was a white onion, a couple of tins of corned beef, diced quite chunky, a white potato, a stock cube and some pastry over the top. And then on in the middle, that would go in the middle of the table. And it was absolutely delicious, super inexpensive. And you can eat well and you can cook well and you don't have to spend a fortune. And, you know, like, you know, leftovers and waste, minimize that, turn it into something the next day. And, you know, sometimes, you know, like this or culture we might have of, you know, just kind of throwing things away and stuff, you know, don't. Mm. And and also like, you know, like I say, like there's there's some really good kind of things in in tins, you know, and stuff like that, you know. And when times are hard, you know, like, well, if you go back you look at history that's that's what happened when it was food was rationed and and all of those things and you know i think that from that you can then you know really kind of like eat well for not a lot of money Mm, absolutely um the other thing that uh, you've done differently recently, you've been on the TV again, haven't yeah. you? With Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> yes. Next level, show, you're yeah. smiling. Yeah. Does that mean you enjoyed it? Or? <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was, it's the best television I've ever done. I, I you know, I worked for Gordon for six years and, you know, I, you know, I know Gordon, you know, like, you know, personally. So especially, you know, I, I, we sort of, when I left, you know, I went away and did my own thing. And then he, um, you know, bought a home in Cornwall and spends a lot of time there with his family. And we sort of reconnected. And ever since then, you know, you, I do feel that sense of pride from him, you know, that like someone, one of the lads that left and went on and to do their own thing. And he's just been a, an amazing champion of what we do and he's given me some brilliant opportunities within television um, I did a great show with him called Uncharted for National Geographic which was just brilliant uh, and then the opportunity for Next Level Chef you know like to be on 9 o'clock prime time you know is is just it was just amazing but the, the brilliant thing about it was it really played to what I love and that was helping people and guiding people nurturing them being a mentor but what I liked about it was unlike you know a lot of cooking programs we were able to be hands-on and I think not not so much for myself but you know when you've got like a team of four and they're watching Gordon open some scholars and the public are seeing it the public are seeing Gordon kind of hands-on cooking giving advice and all of that and it was the set the team everything about it was just amazing and to see Gordon I've worked for him for six years and seeing him, you know, in full um, chef mode. Uh, you know, I've seen Gordon, you know, the businessman, but I got this opportunity to sort of see Gordon, the, you know, the kind of ex- exec producer, director, you know, kind of owner of the production company. Um, and, yeah, it, it, was, it was an unbelievable experience. Is that toe in the water tempted you to do more? Yeah, because I, I, I do enjoy it. You know, people, I can say hand on heart, I've, I've, never, I've never done the TV side of things for fame or any of, of that because if I did, then I would have gone, gone to drama or something like that. I chose this path. It just so happens that the path I've chosen has become very popular and, you know, chefs going on television has become very, very popular. And I don't, when I go into it, I, I give it everything like I do when I'm running the businesses on the pass, cooking 
cooking fish on the you know on on the stove with the with the boys at number six i i give it my all i'm i'm I mean, I'm really intrigued by it and I don't do it, oh yeah, it's a bit of a laugh, oh yeah, let's go up and do Saturday Kitchen and just, uh, you know, have a laugh or, you know, go out the night before and have a few beers. Not not my, not how I do things. I I want to learn it. Yeah. I like to I like to look at the crew, the production. I like to I like to kind of learn, you know, start to wear an earpiece, you know, start to then, you know, wear two earpieces and and all of the things, you know, that you watch and learn and it's another craft because to do it properly, it's another craft and and I and I do enjoy doing it and you know, the opportunities that I've had of I've I've loved them all. Yeah, they've been amazing. BBC Good Food Show Summer runs at the NEC until Sunday. And the great news is that if you buy tickets for BBC Good Food Show Summer, you get entry into BBC Gardener's World Live. What could be better? Um, Finally, Paul, the Good Food Show side of this great event at the NEC has some amazing producers. I've had some Yorkshire halloumi today, which is absolutely incredible. Some honey that's been produced by people who've come into the industry because of lockdown. Yeah so many things to try there are so many clever people producing fantastic food and drinks now yeah and you know when you walk around here i think when you create a space that brings people together through food and drink like it's gonna be special and that's for me what the bbc good food show is because you just see people kind of like you say discovering yorkshire halloumi like there's a guy I've not been there yet but apparently you know, there's an amazing guy here with the most unbelievable herbs I've just walked past a stall that like literally I turned my head like it was just like the, like the brownies looked yeah. uh, like absolutely top jaw and then you just see then people wanting to come to the demonstrations and that's what's so special I always think food is very much like music um, it, it sparks an emotion. It makes you feel happy in it. And, and I think as you get older in life as well, it becomes very, very important. And I think in the United Kingdom, we're understanding that more than ever now, that food isn't just fuel. It brings happiness. It brings joy. It, it you know, uh, it's, it's a very, very special thing. Yeah, food and drink. Music's an interesting one, isn't it? You just reminded me, because you had Nice Forks and Tunes. Yes. It's a brilliant name yeah. for a podcast. Yeah. A Michelin-starred restaurant, do you play music? Yeah. You do? Yeah, we do. So whose playlist is on? Oh, Yours? Are, it's <laughs> a great question. I like this. So for years, we've had music. We work with an amazing company called um, Image Sound, who basically they're like music styling. So we choose the genres, and then how it works, it works on kind of BPM. So at 8 o'clock in the evening, it knows that the restaurant's then at its peak, so it'll choose tracks with a, with a higher BPM. So it's quite a clever system. Works like that to kind of keep the atmosphere. But you, you're always going to sort of music like food. It's extremely subjective. So uh, two years ago, I said to the team, do you know what? Scrap the scrap the, the, the kind of playlist where we're like, right, we want a bit of hip hop, a bit of, a bit of, you know, a bit of house, a bit of this, a bit of that. I was like, um, I want you to all choose 10 songs. So from the kitchen porter to the head chef from the restaurant manager to, um, you know, commie uh, waiter out front, every single person in the building, which which was about over 40 people. Myself and Emma also put 10 songs on there. And I said, and choose a song and tell me what in one sentence why you've chosen that song and what it means to you. So all of a sudden we created this playlist that was the team who were 
serving the customers and making it happen from the washer upper to the chefs to the front of house team everyone and we've never looked back and the amount of times people and when you leave we give you a little postcard that we've with our illustrator that we've had designed that you can scan the qr code on your phone takes you to spotify even if you're not on even if you don't listen to your music through spotify it will show people the playlist um and again it just adds that attention to detail that personal touch and but you know the amount of time because you've got over 40 people's tastes yeah absolutely and, it's, and isn't that nice though later on you know you sat there at home and, and you can play that that yeah. uh, that playlist yeah and it reminds you of your time time there yeah, and and, and it's so something to take away as well but chosen by the team fantastic Paul, as always, an absolute pleasure Thank to you catch for up with you. We, we could chat for days, yes. uh, even when they're breaking the show down <laughs> around us. <laughs> yeah. But it is always good to catch up with you, so now many thanks. Thank you.